Habakkuk chapter 2, and then we'll read verse 13 of Habakkuk chapter 2, and then uh, we'll read verse 13. The word of God reads over here, Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire, and the peep people shall weary, that's the key word that I want you to look at today, people shall weary themselves for very vanity. Uh, now, the prophet Habakkuk, he's preaching to the people that these people, that they're living in iniquity and in sin at verse 12. Woe to those people who are living in sin and iniquity. But the way that they're working and laboring in their wickedness is building up more fiery judgment, so to speak. It's wearing, it's making them weary as well at the last part of verse 13. And I think that's the problem that a lot of us don't see is that sin makes us weary. Now, you've heard preaching over and over again, and then you, you're tired, you're sick and tired of playing the hypocrite, so to speak, and playing games with the Lord, and thinking that uh, the altar call time is a time where as long as I re uh, confess it under the blood, then and I can go back to my sin. No, we don't believe in that. Then the confession counts for nothing. That's why repentance is necessary in there. It is a change of mind concerning your sinful condition. And then turning to the Lord. A desire in there to do what is right. You must repent. But a lot of people, they're becoming immune to the repentance. Immune to the confession. And then increasing in wickedness. And what happens is, is that when you confess and repent thousands of times, which you should not give up in, and you should keep it up. But the danger is, is that when you keep on going, you feel like that you're doing it in vain, and you'll get discouraged and you'll quit doing it. Or the other thing is, is that you'll become more immune to it, and your repentance is not as sincere as before. So instead of playing games... You got to realize what sin will do to you. It tires you out. Aren't you tired of sin? How many of you are tired of sin? If there's one thing that I want to change in my life when I go to heaven, it's actually getting rid of this immortal flesh. This mortal flesh, excuse me. This mortal wicked flesh. All right, so let's start off with a word of prayer. My title is Weary of Playing Wicked. God, my Father. Please wash away my sins with your precious and most holy blood as I come before you seeking your help and the filling power of your Holy Spirit into preaching this important sermon. It is a hard sermon, but sin needs to be preached against and kicked against. And I'm sure that some of us would appreciate and need it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My first point is weary of the judge. Weary of the judge. The first part of the verse says, Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts? So notice right here that the context of these people being weary of playing wicked is that they have to have their attention on the Lord, the judge, the Lord of hosts. Aren't you weary of the judge? Aren't you weary of the judge? You got to realize that God is a father who will make sure that sin does not go unpunished. And that he has to judge you of your sin and chastise you of your sin. Why? Because he's your father. A loving father would not let the son continue and slide into sin. Aren't you weary of the judge? 
Let's say that there's a person who's weary of standing on the gravel. Picture a person who's st standing on the, the gravel with his bare feet. Now, you ever seen a person who would walk around the gravel in his bare feet? And then you ever seen a person where his shoes are just nearby him, but then the person just doesn't care and then he just keeps walking on the gravel. And let's say that there are sharp rocks over there. Some people, they get just so grieved seeing people who are homeless out on the streets where their feet are so diseased and then they're at an unsafe area, an alley where there's broken glass and then drugs and unclean stuff all over the streets. Seeing all that, it just makes it weary of the pain. Even the person who's looking, the person who's looking at the homeless person who is not wearing shoes, it would wear out that person. Can you picture that? And then it's like that when you see, if you were to see comfortable shoes nearby, a soft grassy layer nearby, but then the person just doesn't go over there, wouldn't you just picture that for like 10 minutes, looking at that person, whining in pain, bleeding, hurting, and saying, ouch, 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 wouldn't you as a person can't take it anymore, and then you would just say, hey, there's a grass over there, wouldn't you just walk over on the grass over there? But likewise, you got to understand that when you're weary of God's judgment, which is gravel, glass, and pain, and uncleanness, that you mourn about the pain too, don't you? And it hurts every time that you take a step in your Christian walk. It hurts your feet. It bleeds. It hurts. You're in pain. But in front of you all that time was just the soft hands of the gentle arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And all you have to do is just flee into that. Just get off the unsafe gravel and get into the loving arms of Jesus but then you're that person, you're that fool, so to speak. The fool who's just won't put on the comfortable shoes. That won't stand on the comfortable grassy layer. That will just find relief for his feet. You're just stuck in the gravel. And you're just saying, ouch, ouch, ouch. And you just need somebody to slap you in the face and say, just flee to the loving arms of Jesus, you fool. Yeah. Just get over there. Right over there. Just... Is that so hard? Just flee to his arms. Get off the gravel. Fall into the hands of Jesus Christ. Flee into his arms. But sin is like a hypnosis effect where you're standing on the gravel and the glass and you just stay stuck over there. And then the loving arms of Jesus is in front of you. It's soft. It's gentle. It's caring. It's loving. But then even though it's in front of you, you just became immune to it. You know it's in there, but you're immune. And then if a person were to see you all that time, that person would be weary too and not just you. <laughs> and just say, get into the arms of Jesus, you fool. Sometimes you have those people who do that to you. Your parents, your spouse, the preacher, every Sunday preaching like this. Amen. Perhaps sometimes you need that. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Notice over here, see people are fainting, being weary. Why? Because that's what sin does. That's what sin does. And the Lord's trying to chastise you. I mean, can't you see the judge, the judge judging you in your health? 
get off the judgment of your health condition and flee into the loving arms of Jesus. You fool if God is judging your health because of your sin. Sticking to the smoking, the drinking, the gambling and losing money, etc. I mean, and you're seeing God's judgment in that household. And then it just keeps on growing and growing. Just get off that judgment. Get off that gravel and flee into the loving arms of Jesus. You fool. Friendship with the world is making you become feeling more guilty in sin. Influencing now for you to talk in conversation that's not just worldly, but sinful. And you're tolerating sin more because of the people you hang around it. And then you see God judging you for that. God judging you for that. Get off that judgment with that worldly friendship and flee into the loving arms of Jesus, you fool, where God is judging your work life. And in your work, you're struggling. And then the finances, you're struggling. And then the projects, you're not succeeding. The supervisor's looking down on you. And then you know that the Lord is judging you because there's something in your sinful life that you're not getting right with God in. And God's not blessing you in your work life, but he's judging you. Just get off the judgment of that gravel where the Lord is judging your work life and flee into the loving arms of Jesus, you fool, where God is judging you in your future goals, future planning, right? And you had it all made, but every time it seems to be a shipwreck. It seems like the Lord's not blessing. It seems like the Lord is diverting you to a different path and you're getting weary. And every time you strive for a goal in your life, it doesn't succeed. Why? Because God is judging you. And you've seen that year in your life you're not climbing up the ladder you're not succeeding in your goals you want to make your plans made for the future but it keeps being a wreck why because of your sin you haven't repented you haven't gotten right with god yet and you're being weary of planning your future just get off where god is judging you in your future life and flee into the loving arms of jesus you fool how many times that god has to judge your work life your future planning your relationship issues with your family, the friendships that you're making, your own health, your own home. How, many, how long has it been since God has been judging you? But you will not get off that gravel of judgment and flee into that soft grass where it's Jesus Christ, where holiness is, meekness, peace, and joy is. But you're out there in depression, misery, sin, uncleanness. And that is wearying your life. It's making you weary and tiring your life. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 through 20 says, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power which worketh in us. Man, it's, so, it's such a blessing. If you would only just know, just know how much God loves you and then just taste that fullness of his and if you would just taste it he would do even abundantly above all that we ask or think just to know that but because you stick on to playing wicked the lord hath withheld the blessing he hath withheld your answers to prayer he hath withheld you from growing you to the next spiritual level where you could have accomplished great things for him. He withheld you from doing that. Why? Because uh, you stick on playing wicked. When the judge is judging your life, he cannot be a good judge when he blesses you when you're playing wicked. He cannot be a good judge when you're living in sin, when you're messing around. 
he won't be a good judge. So he's withholding your blessing. I mean, aren't you weary and tired of that? Because I know, I know that some of you are going through that. You might say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because I know myself and I know human nature. I know human nature in general. Some of you are going through that right now. And then, I, aren't you tired? How many of you are tired? How many of you are like, man, every time I'm praying and every time that I want God to intervene and bless me, it just doesn't happen. And I know why. I know why. The pastor don't know. The people in the church don't know. But I know why. Because I did not repent. I did not get that sin right with God. And then guess what? You, instead of enjoying your Christian life like some of the other people are in the church, you feel always worried, depressed, tired, and miserable. And you know what's, what, makes it, what makes it dangerous is that you find Christian life not, not according to Ephesians 3, 19-20. Can you say like what Paul says? To know the love of Christ. You might be filled with the fullness of God. Where he's able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. According to the power which worketh in us. Can you honestly say that or you can't? You know why you can't. Sin. There's something you're still playing with the Lord. And that's not where you find the Christian life. Christian life is not hard, unfair, and unworthy. Of course, there's sacrifice and there is hardship, but it's not as bad as you think when you live for Him, when you give up your sin. But I'll tell you what, when you cling on to sin and you serve the Lord, that's why you find something serving the Lord which is very difficult to do. Because why? Because God is not blessing your life, that's why. He's not helping you out with the certain hardship area. If only he would. You know what makes it more dangerous? Is that you don't even see it right now. Some of you don't even see right now how weary you are, how tired you are, where God is withholding the blessing. You don't really see the joy of attending church, fellowshipping with the brethren, winning souls, reading his word, praying to him, seeing God working in your life. Just seeing him work in your life is a miracle. Is a miracle. If I were to write a bio of my life, I could probably even say if I took five people or maybe even ten people in our church, it would be one of the greatest stories you would ever hear. And then you compare that with millionaires and lost people, they don't have the lives that we got. Why? Because when you serve God, it's, it's man, it's a roller coaster. It's a thrill. A lot of you don't see that. Why? Because you're going through that unfairness, that hardness, that weariness, and you're not seeing it. You're so blind, you can't even see it. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, it says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So here's one servant here where the Lord says, Well done. For your service to me. And that's what we want our judge to say. If there's a word that I want to hear at the judgment seat of Christ. It's well done. Thou good and faithful servant. But there's a dark side too. Where we, what we dread at the judgment seat of Christ. Don't we? 
What's the first word we hear? If the first word I hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant, I'll probably be bawling on my knees to him. But there's one thing that I don't want to hear at the judgment seat. And verse 26 says, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest where, that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. The worst words I would ever hear from God up in heaven is to see him disappointed with me. And I'm sure probably 99% of you people would agree with me on that one. The worst thing ever, the worst thing ever is disappointing my father who died for me. Nothing wearies your conscience more than as soon as you get right with God at Sunday and you wake up and then you start to try to live for him. And then Monday when you wake up, it's like the same thing again. After work, you're tired, you come back, some bad things happen, you whine, and then you're like, oh, i got to make up for lost time with the project, or some of you are school with homework, etc. And then you're working, you're studying, you have to cook, you have to do the laundry, you have to take care of the kids, you know, and then you have to make time for the family, and you have to clean up a bit. And then, uh, guess what? Oh, I got to, uh, you know, during this COVID situation, I can't go out and do what I want. So I'm going to just sit down at home, play my video games or, you know, go to my uh, Facebook chat group and Twitter feed and then uh, watch a bunch of stuff on YouTube, catch up on my Netflix shows. And then I've got cable TV and see what's on the next channel, etc. And then as you collapse on your bed, you wash up and then you just collapse in your bed and then God and then and then you just disappointed God again at the end of the day you ever some of you have ever done that like before you sleep you realize man I just disappointed God again I wasted another day again aren't you tired and weary of that maybe some of you got to just when you're starting to serve God at the beginning of your day you got to look at God's face disappointed at you. Some of you need to look, remember that disappointed face of the Father. Some of you need to realize that, man, I'm weary of messing up my life. Before you sin, before you mess up, look at the disappointed face of your Father. Think twice before you mess up again. Aren't you weary of the disappointed face of the judge? Picture that. You don't have to look at the you don't have to look at that the judgment seat of Christ. Do it now. Do it now. Don't do it later and then it's too late. Do it now while you have the chance to change. Aren't you weary of that? Aren't you tired of that? At the end of your day, seeing the disappointed face of your father, then quit playing wicked. My second point is weary of the job. Weary of the job. The next part of verse 13 reads that the people shall labor in the very fire. <laughs> Man, didn't you know that the iniquity that they do is labor? It's work? It's a job? People think that I'm doing this to relieve myself. It's my peace. It's my comfort. No, it's a job. It's work. Hard work. Some people don't see that. Psalm chapter 38 verse Three says, there is no soundness in my flesh. Why? Because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones. Why? Because of my sin. 
See, your body don't get more overjoyed and energetic. It gets more weird out, tired out, and weary, guilty, and depressed when you do sin. That's a lot of work. Sin requires a lot out of you, doesn't it? Requires a lot of your time, doesn't it? A lot of your energy, doesn't it? A lot of your attention and love, doesn't it? Man, sin is the most spoiled child that you will ever have in the family. More than any other son or daughter you will have is your sin. That will grab all your time more than a crying baby is your sin. I mean, people just love drugs so much. But do you, re do you realize how much work that is? You have to be in secret, go through secret channels, go through your connections, get the illegal drug, make sure that no one is watching. I mean, you think that's uh, that requires a lot of effort and time and secrecy. Requires a lot out of you just for that little high of sin. Momentary height. Some of you are messing around with sexual stuff. And then don't you realize that sin can be a hard job? Like this, right? Looking around you. Making sure that everything is taken care of. You hide the stuff. Everything's right here now. Everything's right here. Everything's right here now. I can't tell you how many Bible-believing families, and not just them, even liberal lost people are telling their families in psychology classes, put the internet in the living room. You know why? Sin can be a hard job. Sin can be a hard job. What does it do? It drains your energy, wastes your time, keeps you up at sleepless nights. Watch out. Sin is a lot of work, isn't it? And then you think that Sunday service is a lot of work when uh, you quit at midday? Sin puts you up at nights. Puts you up at nights. What about TV? Internet? Games? All of that requires hours. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say minutes. I said hours out of your valuable schedule. You ever seen a child uh, go on TV or yourself mess with the internet for five minutes, for minutes? Can you all do minutes or do you need hours? You know what sin does? It requires valuable time out of your schedule. And we all whine for being outside 30 minutes in street preaching. You think God requires a lot of job out of you or is it sin? The flesh... The flesh with any other sin you can think of. You know what it does? It cries every single day. Feed me. That's right. It cries every single moment. Feed me. After you work for the Lord or, you, or you're tired out with your secular work, the flesh cries automatically. Okay, now it's time to feed me. That's worse than any other baby you'll ever have in your life is your flesh. The flesh is a crying baby that demands attention, that demands to be fed. And you think that, oh, I'm doing this for stress relief, for comfort. And No, it's robbing you. It's a work. It's a job. Worse than any mother who's a full-time mother, pregnant and has a baby, taking care of twin children. It's worse than that. Now, ask yourself this question. Now, after enjoying that momentary 
temporary pleasure of sin, which you have to do it again, by the way. Don't last forever. Was it really worth all that to sacrifice your peace, your valuable time, your true joy, and all the spiritual accomplishments that you did in the past years ever since you came to our church? Was it worth it to, to sacrifice all of that because of sin? Hosea chapter 13 verse 2 it says and now they sin more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding all of it the work of the craftsmen they say of them let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves wow it's so amazing is that did you hear that in Hosea 13 they sin more and more and they work they work in building a false image because they prefer to worship an image that they work and build rather than a God who's just invisible That's and they don't have to build and work with their hands. That's what sin does. And you know what they say? Let's sin more and more. Let's work even harder. Let's work even harder to maintain our sin, to play in wickedness. And let's kiss those calves, as that verse says. Let's kiss those images. You face the consequences of playing wicked. You're facing it right now, the consequences. But instead of quitting it, you're willing. You're willing to go through the consequences. Yes, sin is worth it for me to be tired, to, me, to be guilty, to hurt my loved ones around me, to make me depressed. It's worth it. Sin is worth it, you tell yourself. And that's the most pitiful thing that you can do, and you lose real joy from the Lord. You know what happens? Listen up now. You know what happens? If you think it's that much worth it to lose your real joy in the world, you have to find joy. That's an automatic thing in human nature. You have to find joy. So what you're going to do is, sin is all that I've got. I was willing to sacrifice my joy in the Lord to be rejuvenated by fellowshipping with the brethren, by winning a soul, by tracking, by reading his word, by praying. Man, that devil is the wind over there, okay? I just want to sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice and give up all of that. All my join the Lord to keep this sin. So in order for me to be happy then, because I lost my joy in the Lord, I'm going to have to make up my happiness with this sin. So what happens? Then you have to sin more and more. You have to work extra hard, and I want a higher drug. That's good, brother. I want to spend longer time with sexual things, more time with my games, watching TV, and then it's uh, the internet, YouTube, etc., etc. Et I need more of that. Why? Because I need to be happy. Yeah, that's it. And I cannot be happy without my worldly music without my worldly images, without my worldly dressing, without my worldly friends, without my worldly what you guys call drugs. I cannot stand it. I need my joy. Pastor, I cannot imagine what it's, life is like without that worldly stuff, without that sinful stuff. That's where you're at. And that's the most pitiful state you can be in. But by the way, that's 99% of America, if not the world already. You know why? They're so used to playing wicked. Man, I feel so sorry for you. Isn't that pitiful? You're working extra hard now. 
to make the sin dosage higher for you. There was once a thief who tried stealing a string of sausages from a store. Now, to his dismay, he saw that it was dozens of feet long. Now, he told himself this, it's not a big deal, so he risked it to try to get the sausages out. What do you think obviously happened? Well, he tangled himself a little, but he kept telling himself, look, this is not a big deal, all right? It's just a little bit you tangled yourself. So he kept pulling and pulling and pulling. My goodness. And then what happened was now he tangled him. He tried to get out of it. But in the end, he was arrested while tangled amongst a long string of sausages. What was that thief's problem? He thought it was an easy job. Yeah. It's easy to take it out. He also thought when he got tangled, it's just a little bit of a tangle. You can get yourself out of it. And that's what sin does to you. You think that sin is an easy job because you've done it a thousand times like this thief. I've robbed so many a thousand times. So it'll be easy. And then you tangled yourself a little bit in the sin, but you told yourself, I can get out of this. So let's just keep playing with the sin. And then what happens is then sin becomes a string. You keep risking and risking just like that thief. You keep risking the tie. You risk getting caught. You risk where your life is getting ruined. And then what happens? Then it's too late and you're stuck in this string. And some of you are still recovering from these strings, aren't you? You think sin is fun now? Sin deceives you. Remember that sin Sin's job is to deceive you into thinking it's not really a hard job for you to handle. You need me, says sin. You need my comfort. You need my relief. And because he keeps telling you that, you don't even think that it's hard work anymore when you sin. My third point is weary of the jazz. Weary of the jazz. So I'm using the slang term, so to speak. Now look at the last part of our main text, the last part of our main text. It reads over here at verse 13. And the people shall weary themselves for what? Very vanity. That's all that it is. All that it is is that it's nothing. It's just vanity at best. Aren't you weary of the jazz? Aren't you weary of this game, this nothing? Yeah. Aren't you tired of it? It's vanity. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 11, verses 10 through 11 reads, And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. Yeah. See, everything that Solomon saw and wanted, he got. But then he realized, it's all a jazz. It's all vanity. It's nothing. It's just a hype. Hyped up moment that became nothing. That's what you are. Can't you imagine yourself like Solomon saying that? Whatever I look at, I'm getting it. And I'm enjoying the hands that I have labored. 
But man, it's so tiring. Can you imagine that? Imagine yourself. You start out Monday again, right? And then you sin again, right? You sin again, and you go, man, because it looks good. It tastes good. It feels good. It smells good. To my ears, it's very pleasant. I need it. I want it. And whatever my eyes desire, no one's going to stop me from it because I'm a consuming culture as an American. And then you're enjoying it. Whatsoever my hands hath wrought, I'm enjoying it. But then you get depressed, right? And then you feel down. Because why? Because sin is just a temporary pleasure. And then it puts you down 10 feet under. And then what happens is then you get very depressed. And then you go, man, I'm tired. Can you, do you, am I describing you right now, your typical day? Are you depressed? It's good, brother. Am I describing your typical day? I'm sad. I skipped Bible reading and prayer again. I skipped... Uh, being with the brethren again, doing soul winning. I skip my duties to my job, for my family, my children, and even for the church duties too. I've neglected, I fell back, and I messed up with this sin again. And I feel bad about it. Guilt is racking my mind. I don't feel joy. I feel so sad. But man, sin is so good. But man, I'm so sad. Pretty soon you're going to be that drinker who drowns his sorrows in a cup while feeling sad, not feeling good. You're going to get down right there. And then what happens is, is that when you get so down in the dumps with that depression, then did you ever finally get a light bulb flash in your mind saying click, saying, I wonder what it's like to taste joy in the Lord. And that brother and sister in Christ looked so happy at church because they stayed away from the world and sin like I was supposed to. They kept up with everything that the church recommended to get involved with. And man, they're growing so much. I wonder what it's like. Did that light bulb ever click? You go, I wonder what it's like to taste that joy in the Lord. Then the flesh and sin says, so much work, isn't it, to do it? But sin doesn't tell you, it's so much work with me. It's so much work, isn't it? Uh, you know you're going to mess up and sin again. Why bother? And don't I taste and feel and look good? I mean, aren't you weary of that? Aren't you so weary of spending all your time on yourself? Aren't you weary of that? Me, me, me throughout the whole day. Aren't you so sick and tired of that? And you're wearing yourself down and you're wondering what it's like to... I wonder what it's like to taste... Just to taste accomplishing one soul for the Lord. Reading one chapter through. Just spending one time in prayer on my knees with me. I wonder what it tastes like. One service. One preaching. One meeting. One summer camp. One blowout. Getting involved in one work in the church. What it's like to taste like it's I'm accomplishing something. I wonder what it tastes like. Have you ever tasted what it's like to accomplish something for the Lord? Aren't you weary of it? Aren't you weary of filling up yourself with the world's blessings? It is a curse. 
But it doesn't mean it's in full of curse. It is a blessing, the world. The world is such a blessing to you. But it gives a, a bite and a sting of curse at the end. A really right. bad one. That's good. But aren't you weary of tasting the same worldly blessings? You know what it tastes like. You've been through it already. You're weary Come of the on. jazz, aren't you? Come on. You know what it's like. Aren't you weary of that? And you're like, I wonder what it's like now to experience God's blessings, not the world's blessings. Is there a light bulb clicking in your head or is Come it on, still dark? And aren't you weary and tired of playing wicked? James chapter 1, verse 14 through 15 reads, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Romans chapter 7, verse 11 says, For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Do you know those two verses? You've heard it a billion times, haven't you? What does sin do? It tricks you. It deceives you. You fall into it. Your lust follows into it. You can't help it. And then uh, you get weary of it. And then it destroys you. Common, right? Common. You heard it a billion times. So you already know playing wicked is an empty jazz. You already know it. Yet the most weary thing that you can ever do, this is more weary. The most we ever do is that you know it and yet you know the verses, you know the preaching, you know the consequences, and yet you keep doing it. You fall for it again. You fall getting tricked by sin again, deceived by sin again. It feels good. It looks good. It tastes good. It smells good. It's pleasant to my ears. The world likes it when I do this. That's the most weary thing you can ever do. The most weary thing is you hear the preaching, you know the verses, you get convicted, you feel guilty, but you're just going to do it anyway. That is the most weary thing you can ever do in your life. Aren't you weary? Aren't you tired and angry with your sin? How weary and miserable you are. It's so sad. I mean, can't you just think about this just once? It's a glamour, but that's all it is. It's glitter. It's just fake glitter. That's what sin is. Can't you just close your eyes to the glamour just once? And just look at Jesus' face just once? Instead of paying so much attention to this big screen of sin over here, it's cable, 24-7, HD graphic, and oh, I need more, I need more. Can't you just... Close it for once and look at Jesus sitting right next to you at that couch saying, why don't you look at me once in your life? Aren't you weary? Aren't you weary? Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Then tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Close it. Close your eyes just for once, please. It's so sad. I mean, you just don't care. And you just get so tired and guilty and miserable. And the most weary thing you can ever do is, I heard this a billion times, yet I'll do it. Close your eyes once to the glamour and look at the bleeding face of Jesus Christ who loved you enough to die for you.
after you played wicked to all your heart's desires, imagine at heaven when you die, you see others getting the compliments and the accomplishments and the rewards and the smiling face of the Father, but not you. And see that brother and sister in Christ of yours receiving it, getting pats on the back and shaking hands and hugs from lost sinners who said, thank you for giving me that track. Thank you for telling me about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for making time out of your schedule to do tracking, meditation, and street preaching, for praying for my soul just like everything was mentioned on the prayer list. Thank you so much for the money you gave to the church at tithes and offerings so that the missionary can come to my homeland and give me the gospel. For keeping this church going. And all those fellow believers in Christ get all those compliments, but you don't. Then as you look at the glories of heaven, you saw the true glamour now. Here's this HD screen TV called Sin, right? And then all of a sudden, God puts you at a fourth dimension screen. And then your eyes all of a sudden just wake up and you go, wow, what is this? You can't go back to HD cable anymore. And you see this fourth dimension Amen. called eternity. And then now you're hooked on that. Now you're in all. It's like a light bulb just flashed. A million light bulbs just flashed all over your brain cells in your life. This is what I missed out. Wow. What have I been missing out? I've heard it a billion times. Why can I see it? Why can I just simply see it? And they're enjoying all that for eternity. But God's like, nope, go back to your HD screen. God, I can't go back there. God's like, nope, that's what you wanted. So you keep that. Let the believers enjoy their eternity with their rewards. You don't. I mean, you thought that HD screen was worth it, didn't you? Keep watching. And you can't enjoy it as much anymore when you get to heaven. And then, do you know when you finally, if, one thing I learned is this, never in the words of a preacher will it convince you, but I know what will convince you, what will fully persuade you, is when you die, and you go to heaven, and God shows you a fourth dimension screen, and that will click a million light bulbs in your head. And you're going to realize, that preacher told me a thousand times. That word of God told me a thousand times. The Holy Spirit convicted my conscience a thousand times. Why did I drown it out? Why did I kick it out? Why? And finally, that's when you feel the emptiness. Where you realize wickedness is nothing but an empty jazz now. And if it can't be in this preaching, I'll tell you what. It will be when you die and go to heaven. And when you go to heaven, you'll know what emptiness feels like. A void feels like, and it don't feel good. It feels so much hurt. It is miserable, and you'd do anything to change it a billion times over. I pray that the emptiness you feel would be now, and that the million light bulbs clicked in your heads now, rather than when you die and go to heaven. It is the worst feeling you will ever feel. Aren't you weary? of playing games with God. Every head bow and every eye shut. The altar call is open. Fourth dimension can be yours. The altar call is open. Every head bow and every eye shut. Aren't you tired? Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus.
Don't, don't mess around with sin anymore. Don't play games with God anymore. Sin is so addictive. It is so compelling and persuasive. It is very deceptive and it's very charming. But it's gotten to a point now where you, you are so tired because you want to please the Father. Because you want to do what's right. Because you feel guilty about it. Because the Holy Spirit kept convicting you. You're so weary. If you're tired, just get off that bleeding gravel pavement and go to, those, to the splendid meadow of eternity in the loving arms of Jesus. Let him lift you up. Put you on higher ground. This is a time that we give to you to confess your sin to the Lord, to repent. It's so tiring. It's so, it's such a hard, long day of work. And it's not because of your secular job. It's not because of your studies in school. It's not because of what the church requires you to do or the duties it gives to you. It's because of sin. It's been a long, hard day. I've wasted so much time, so much energy. I've sacrificed my connections, my friends, my real loved ones and family members, my true joy in the Lord. I've sacrificed my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Oh, what a cost, what a cost. How heavy sin. Repent. Give it to the Lord in prayer. Plead the blood. Make it a wake-up call. Get off that HD screen TV called sin. And start looking at that fourth dimension. Let it become real and alive to you. That flesh is in hypnosis state. Get out of that. Wake it up. Wake it up. Kick it out. Get out of that hypnosis effect. Don't let sin hook you in its clutches. Break free. In the Holy Spirit, there is freedom. In the blood, there is freedom. Find power in Jesus' mighty name. God, my Father, I pray that today's preaching, hard it was, hard it is now, but it is so needed. And I pray that we'll get victory over our sins and that cha the chains of sin will be defeated by the power of the cross. Bless our fellowship and the Bible study and everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.